0: Hey guys, Dr. Jeff here from Newman Chiropractic and Maureen Gilman from Maureen's Meals. And we are here today to talk about sleep because that's the focus of the month for March 2020. And there's really no better time to talk about sleep and what we want to talk about today uh, was sleep because of flu season, right? And everyone's uh, all concerned about the uh, COVID-19 coronavirus, mm-hmm. right? So that's a respiratory, uh, upper respiratory condition. So sleep plays a huge role in how our immune system functions, right? So even a healthy body should be able to fight off most things that we end up encountering. So we wanna make sure our immune systems are functioning at 100% at all times. So to start out with some sleep information, sleep statistics is the World Health Organization has now classified a sleep loss epidemic across industrialized industrialized nations. So that's us. That's all right, so humans are built to sleep eight hours every 24 hours, right? So we are not nocturnal animals. We actually secrete melatonin and have a circadian rhythm that coincides with the rising of the sun and the setting of the sun. Nowadays, because we have candle light and then artificial light now, we can do a lot at night, right? But we aren't. We, we were never designed to do that, right? So the shape of our eyeballs, the way that our irises function, right, are different than cats and other nocturnal animals. I mean, and you can see that we are Humans are just not nocturnal animals, so we need to make sure that we get our sleep, and it's super valuable. So one of the things with the sleep loss epidemic that we've also found is that without adequate sleep the chance of cancer has drastically risen. So our ability to fight off infection and develop uh, our, ab- our ability to fight off cancer um, or fight off sickness diminishes. And our ability to fight off any cancer cell growth diminishes right so the World Health Organization has also recently classified any type of nighttime shift work as a possible carcinogen and the reason that is is because if you have inadequate sleep your natural killer cells which are the big guys in taking care of cancer cell uh, development and viral cell development um, natural killer cells take care of those guys right so there's this um, There's this doctor here, Dr. Michael Irwin at University of California, he found that on a single night of four hours of sleep, such as going to bed at 3 a.m. and waking at 7 a.m., it destroys 70% of our natural killer cells circulating in our immune system, right? So that's a good portion of our immune system right there. So with all the concerns we have about everyone getting sick these days, one of the first things that we can do is actually get adequate sleep, get those eight hours of sleep. So what we wanna do today is we're gonna talk about Uh, The sleep and the immune system. Then we're going to dive into how sedatives and sedatives like alcohol Mm -hmm. and stimulants such as caffeine play a role in our ability to sleep. And then we're going to finish off with talking about how uh, sleep and those sedatives can impact our ability to fight off uh, respiratory illness. Okay? Cool. Sound like a good sound like a good trio right there.
1: Let's get to it.
0: Okay. All right. So (laughs) we've got some cool um, studies I got here um, just to set the groundwork on how impactful um, immune system function is and how it plays with sleep, right? So Dr. Um, Eric Prather at University of California, he measured the sleep of 150 men and women, all right? And then he shot the flu virus up their noses. Over the next week, he took blood samples, saliva samples, and all the mucus that he could get from them. He separated them into four subgroups based on how much they sleep. One group was less than five hours, the other was five to six hours, the next was six to seven hours, and then the last was more than seven hours, right? So close to that eight hours we're supposed to get. What he found was that the less sleep an individual was getting in the week before facing the virus, the more likely it was that they would become symptomatic. All right, so in those sleeping five hours, the infection rate was almost 50%. So you are 50% more likely to get the flu when he shot it up your nose, yeah. right, if you slept for just five hours or less.
1: That makes sense.
0: It makes sense, right? And then in those sleeping seven hours or more, the infection rate was just 18%. So that means that just by sleeping, he was taking that flu virus. You didn't even have to pass by someone that had the flu. He was actually taking it and shooting it up the nose. And the chances of getting the flu was only 18%.
1: If you had slept. An adequate
0: amount. Adequate eight yeah. hours. Yep, seven or more. Wow.
1: That's crazy, right? That is crazy.
0: So that means that you had a like close to twenty percent chance of getting it if he was shooting it up your nose, if you got eight hours of sleep. Yeah. That's
1: crazy. That's crazy.
0: So your immune system is fully capable of fighting off a lot of these things. Yeah. Just needs to make sure that you've got a lot of that immune system function functioning optimally as it should yeah. at times prior to encountering the sickness, right? All right, then the second interesting study, also about the flu and the flu vaccine, right? Was in 2002, um, they noticed how the sleep impacts the flu vaccine or the function of the flu vaccine. Mm -hmm. So they took healthy groups and separated them into two groups, all right? You separated one into four hours a night for six nights and the other one for 7.5 to eight hours a night for six nights. At the end of the six nights, they were given the flu shot. Or the flu vaccine. Yep. Following? All right. So the participants of the eight hours generated a powerful antibody reaction reflect, reflecting a robust, healthy immune system, right? So that means that the way that the flu vaccines developed, right, they expect you to have a healthy immune response to it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: By sleeping that seven to eight hours, you had an ideal or proper immune response to the flu vaccine. So it worked the way it was supposed to. Okay. All right, the less sleep group, the ones that slept for just four hours a night for six nights, produced less than 50% of the, the immune reaction that was supposed to take place compared to the slept group.
1: Nobody tells you that when you get the flu no. vaccine, though. Nobody nope. says no one at all. Hey, Make the sure only do. way this is really going to be beneficial is yeah. by you doing your part, like yeah. you get sleep. Nobody tells you that.
0: So if I was giving out the flu vaccine and you came in as a patient, the first question I should ask after reading these statistics right here yeah. is have you slept 8 hours a night for the last 6 nights? And if not? And if not, then come back, come back please after you get 6 hours yeah. of adequate or you get 6 days of adequate 8 hours of sleep.
1: I just think it's interesting because there's always I feel like every year there's always talk with the flu yeah. vaccine like did you get it Well, I got sick anyway and oh, all yeah. well, you know it didn't work this year, it wasn't as effective, but is anybody really looking at the impact
0: that
1: sleep has on?
0: Not at all. And this is where you end up hopping, like, if you hop online and see a lot of these anti-vaxxers or pro-vaxxers, and all these arguments that they're getting is that there are so many variables that take place, and you can see that in in this study here, there's a 50% shift in how well the vaccine is actually going to function. I mean, you, you're diving. Just by sleep. Yeah, just by sleep. So six days of eight hours of sleep. And you think about that with kids and all the concerns people have about vaccination of kids and all yeah. that. It's like, hey, I mean, we've got data here that shows that you need to sleep for eight hours, for six nights prior to getting vaccinated in order to see uh, optimal results from it. And it's just so valuable. No one ever, I mean, even when we're in chiropractic school, I mean, a lot of the sleep education that I've developed has been on my own. Even Mm -hmm. primary care doctors, they don't get any sleep education. I mean, sleep education is something that's significantly lacking, but what we're finding is that it's hugely influential in the way that the immune system functions and how healthy we can be going forward. All right, so if that didn't get your appetite wet wet, for, (laughs) (laughs) is that a saying? Yes. All right, if that didn't get it wet for how the immune system how important sleep is with the immune system we're now going to get into how sedatives and stimulants impact our ability to actually sleep right so we know we set the groundwork as to how valuable sleep is for immune system function mm-hmm. now we got to make sure that we can get adequate sleep those eight hours of sleep every single night right so we're the two biggies that we talk about all the time Uh, sedatives what's the what's the what's the key sedative the key sedative that every Uh, human that every American does every human does at night that impacts your natural rhythms of sleep sedative is stuff like alcohol wine wine and alcohol right so
1: it's heartbreaking yeah
0: wine and alcohol uh, sedates the body so that we don't get full adequate brainwave patterns when we're sleeping all right so stuff like consuming alcohol or that nightcap can have impacts, on, can have an impact on how your immune system functions, right? Because it is disrupting our ability to sleep, right? Yeah. So we may be having, if we have a nightcap, we may be having a less ideal sleep process that night, right? So if we go back to those studies, if we want to sleep for six days in a row of eight hours of sleep, I mean, having that nightcap regularly can disrupt those eight hours and put us at a disadvantage when Mm -hmm. we do end up encountering the flu or the common cold or anything like that, right? Yeah. So do we take any liberties in trying to reduce our sedative intake, um, during sickness seasons, during flu seasons?
1: I think in general, we do just based on, uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Probably. I think, well, I would say since we, since you've done so much research on sleep and mm-hmm. just between the two of us reading different, um, books and whatnot about longevity and all that, but I think we've made a conscious effort more often than not, if we're going to have, going to have a glass of wine, yep. we try to eat it at dinner. Drink it. Dr- yes. Drink. Thank you. Drink it at dinner. Which means we've, we've also shifted our dinner time much earlier. Yes. You know, when we can, we try to eat around 5.30. So if we're having a glass of wine, by the time, you know, dinner's over, it's only 6 o'clock.
0: Yeah. And, and I so would...
1: I notice a huge difference if I have a glass of wine just at dinner or if I have one after dinner in yep. terms of the quality of my sleep.
0: Mm-hmm. And I would say that, we're, yes, we're talking about sleep right now. But, and I don't have it here in front of me, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's research out there supporting the idea that the earlier you eat, the more immune system function takes place while you sleep, right? Because yeah. we've talked about, we've looked at in the past of just how much your body needs that uh, freedom in that digestion, right? We don't want to be digesting yeah. food as we're sleeping. Sleep is really a time for immune system function, right? So. Yeah, sleep clearing out the the cleansing of the of the body really yeah so we try to limit the consumption of the alcohol prior to bed we were actually had some wine last night and I was thinking to myself as I had my as I got up to get my next glass I'm like man I should really probably start getting in the habit of not consuming any alcohol after a certain time even on the weekends
1: that well that's the hard part I feel like during the week we're pretty good because we both have to work, mm-hmm. and I think we're both pretty in tune with how, um, you know, the lack of sleep can impact us at work. Even last week, when I had a busier week than normal, and there was a few nights where I was like, you know what, I'm just I'm not gonna have a glass of wine tonight because mm-hmm. I need to be uh, operating at you know optimal function. Optimal function. Optimal function uh, for these workshops that I had to run. Yeah. So but the weekends we tend to be a little more we
0: indulge a little more and lax. if we were to recommend to a patient, I would recommend, Hey, you know what? You got to try to during this flu season, yeah. especially now with the fear of the uh, the coronavirus coming and infecting more people is we want to make sure that those, the, um, your our immune systems are functioning as best as they could. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure we really curb that, that intake, right? So, The other um, thing we want to talk about here, we've got the alcohol which is the sedative and on the flip side we've got the stimulant, the the other side of the coin, right? So many times Americans or humans in general will consume the sedative and it will impact sleep and then in order to feel awake the next morning we take the stimulant which is the coffee which then impacts how well we sleep so we drink the sedative. And we're constantly going back and forth with the sedative and stimulant in the morning and at night to impact our sleep and wakefulness throughout the day. So the ugly mm-hmm. flip side is the caffeine, which is the coffee, right? So we drink coffee every single morning, right? Yeah. And how are you with coffee around times that you feel sick? Because when I start feeling like I'm getting run down a little bit, I, I try to consume more stimulant. I try to get more coffee.
1: Um yeah I guess not as much
0: it doesn't impact you no
1: i i tend to have an aversion to coffee yeah which i guess probably works out for me
0: i maybe the taste of the coffee i am not as into but that's when i think of those energy drinks or think of those other stimulant type things like the five hour energy or the monster energy drinks those types of things so those are things to keep an eye on too the actual consumption or draw towards the caffeine it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be the extra cups of coffee, but it could be the energy drinks and things like that. Because yeah. when you're sick, you are a little more run down, you're a little more tired, and nowadays we are so, so much is expected of us to continue to work. Right? right? So we are drawn towards those stimulants, and then the more stimulants, stimulants you take, the harder it's gonna be for you to sleep at the end of the day, right? So those end of the day sleeps, or the uh, caffeine through the beginning of the day, and then in the early afternoon around, say two or three o'clock, Especially around 2 or 3 o'clock a big no-no because that can disrupt how well you sleep at the end of the day Which can then progress the problem to the following day, right? right? So we want to make sure that we keep an eye on that consumption, okay? So we've got the sedatives and the stimulants. All right, and then we can talk about this last section here about the sedatives sleep and respiratory viruses, right? So Uh this one kind of goes into how We have to keep an eye on especially now with these respiratory viruses or these respiratory illnesses coming into the picture right, is that the reason respiratory illnesses such as coronavirus are such a big deal is because It it, the way that it there are deaths or the way that it kills people is that it impacts The lung system and then the heart and kidneys, right? So what ends up happening is It inflames the lungs so that there's less oxygen in the body, right, mm-hmm. less oxygen in the vascular system, which then causes the heart to race more, right, because the heart has to, it's looking for more oxygen, so the heart rate increases, and then the kidneys can become taxed too, right, so what we got to do if the, um, if the lungs are taxed is we got to make sure that we're breathing as functionally as possible, so what happens with most of us is that most of us are accessory muscle breathers. We breathe with our lungs, okay? I mean, we breathe with our, uh, our chest cavity as opposed to the diaphragm. Mm-hmm. So what ends up happening is if you think about it, are you a snorer, right? Do you snore? Do you have sleep apnea, right? Do you have other breathing conditions such as asthma? Are you prone to pneumonia, those types of things? Then you, there's no way that you are breathing With your diaphragm as efficiently as you should be right so you are at risk if you develop a respiratory illness you are at risk you are at a higher risk of complications because of your inefficient breathing ability right so what we need to make sure everyone is doing is primarily doing nasal breathing right Mm -hmm. so nasal breathing is huge because there's a nerve that goes, the vagus nerve goes down and interacts with the diaphragm when we breathe with our nose. So, but just by breathing in and out through the nose will cause you to breathe primarily with your diaphragm. Now, the vast majority of people with sleep apnea, they actually don't breathe well with their diaphragm. So, they are losing out on a large portion of their lungs to end up absorbing that oxygen into the body. Okay, you following, Maureen?
1: I'm, I'm following. These are the things that...
0: These are the things that cause you stress. So what we want to do is we want to definitely set aside, just as we're talking about how we should uh, really set aside time to improve our sleep habits. We would, I would suggest all my patients set aside a time, hopefully around five to 10 minutes a day if they can. Better yet, find a thing that you do throughout the day, such as watching TV. We all watch TV. That we make a promise to ourselves to breathe only in and out through the nose, Mm -hmm. right? So when we breathe in and out through the nose on a regular basis for say a half hour during a show We are going to be that more likely to breathe that way when we sleep and that's the key, right? We want to make sure we're breathing nasally when we sleep because if we're breathing through our mouths Then we aren't as efficient breathers Mm -hmm. and especially if we're sick Right, that's going to cause big implications because if we're sick, we're not breathing with the diaphragm.
1: Yeah,
0: right we're not getting as much or as efficient oxygen, carbon dioxide transportation through the lungs because we have that respiratory illness, right? We then are not sleeping as deeply, right? So it's diminishing our immune system,
1: yep.
0: right? And then we're more likely for big time complications, right? Yep. This is why the elderly have such large or have such higher numbers of complications from respiratory illness, is because they aren't efficient breathers. Usually we, as we age, we develop poorer habits with breathing. Right? So do you set aside any time to breathe nasally?
1: Only when you remind me <laughs> <to>.
0: <laughs> It's hard. It's very, very it is hard. hard.
1: It is. But, um, we've been trying to do it could, with the kids. Yes. You, I was going to say we have, you've been good about trying to encourage that
0: all right so to summarize we want to make sure that we get adequate sleep consistently over the course of flu season or newly c- coronavirus season right mm-hmm. so we want to make sure that any condition such as a upper respiratory system issue we want to make sure that we are sleeping very very well prior to coming in contact with it right in order to sleep very well we want to imp- we want to limit our sedatives and stimulant needs
1: mm-hmm.
0: throughout the weeks throughout the days right And we want to make sure that we are breathing efficiently. Nasal breathing, we want to make sure that we are breathing primarily through our nose. So, in order to get our sleep, we want to make sure that we dim the lights, maybe read before bed, stay away from the white lights, right? That will get us our eight hours of sleep. To reduce the stimulants and sedatives, we want to try to find something to replace those habits that we have. The end of the night, maybe get some uh, non-caffeinated tea instead of the... Yeah, yeah, that, that really helped us in... Uh, limiting the alcohol at the end of the night in the morning. You may find that a Warm tea or even warm water can be helpful in stim- simulating that same uh, warmth warm drink in the morning, all right, and then the uh, breathing habits we want to make sure that we set aside a time throughout the day such as TV time at the end of the night or reading at the end of the day even in the morning a meditation time Anytime that lasts a period of time that you can just breathe in and out through your nose would be huge, okay? And then lastly, and the most important, is that chiropractic adjustments have been shown to improve and allow your body's immune system to function as optimally as it should during uh, flu and sickness season, right? So by coming in and having us evaluate your spine and making sure that your nervous system is functioning as well as it should, that nervous system controls how our hormones and immune system function right so we want to make sure that your spine is as free of irritation as possible right so that's one of the things from the get-go when we're in chiropractic school is anytime and if you know any chiropractors we're all adjusting each other during the um, flu and sickness season because we know how impactful it can be to prevent and help you guys uh prevent widespread sickness right so i get adjusted on a i mean i'll get adjusted every couple days at at least every week during the season right and i am someone that very very rarely gets sick okay um whenever the boys are showing signs of something or you are showing signs of something we always make sure that we get you guys adjusted right so that is a time for sure to be very consistent with your regular care or your regular treatment here at the office if you are someone that gets treated on a frequent basis like that and a preventative means like that and it's certainly a time for you guys to rethink that the potential of being treated on a more frequent basis okay anything else no no awesome all right so I hope you guys like this one for the Newman Experience channel check out the audio version on the Newman Experience podcast and make sure to subscribe on both channels right? So that we know how many people truly like listening to this because you guys speak very positively about it in the office and when we see you out in public. So please share some comments and subscribe. So we see those follower counts go up and uh, we'll see you next month. Thanks. Bye.
1: Thanks.